This is 4H4U2, a podcast from the Mississippi State University Extension Service promoting 4-H programs and positive youth development. Here now your host, Dr. John Long and Kobe Rutherford. And we are back again. Welcome to another edition podcast, if you will, uh, broadcasting uh, from Boston Extension Center. This is 4H4U2. I'm your host, John Long. And I'm Kobe Rutherford. And we are back at it again, Kobe. Yes, we are, John. Mm-hmm. It's been a crazy week here yeah. on campus. Yeah. It's summertime. Students are starting to come back mm-hmm. for orientation. There's football camps everywhere. It's an exciting time to be on campus. I'm, I'm excited to be here uh, today. Of course, I'm always excited to do uh, these podcasts. I, I mean, it's kind of like the highlight of my week so far. It's just like I just I can't wait for them to be here, you know, so I'm pumped up about this. I'm also pumped up about our guest today. We have Mr. Larry Alexander, and he's also known as Mr. 4-H. And we are going to talk to him today uh, about his career. And Larry, uh, tell everybody, how long have you been in 4-H? So I've been in 4-H exactly this past June 1st, 38 years. 38 years. Almost as old as I am. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it's not that. It's not that long. You're dating not, me, John? No, no, no. I'm a young man. I'm a young uh, man. So, Larry, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where where you uh, were born and raised, and and um, and just a little bit of background about you. Okay, so I'm really old Delta country boy. Mm-hmm. Grew up in a little small town of of Ruleville, Mississippi. And, of course, when I'm away from Ruble, I have to tell everybody I'm from either Greenwood or, or Cleveland <laughs> because they never heard of Ruble before. But got my starting kind of on a farm, and then we, we finally moved to the, to the city limits of, of Ruble. But um, came up on the farm, and Ruble has been my stomping ground for a long time. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's about almost Ruble's like you, you can't get to Cleveland if you don't from the – I mean, That's I guess correct. you could, but <laughs> – it's it. You have to go through it to get to Cleveland sometimes. So, that's awesome. And I, I I got tickled once I found out where Larry lived, um, and where his daddy still lives. That's correct. I drove by his house my whole life and never even knew it. And I was like, Oh, really? That's your house. So, but anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. So, uh, from the Delta, um, what's your educational background? My undergrad degree is, is agriculture education mm-hmm. with an emphasis in biological science. Then, of course, my, uh, my uh, master's degree is in AIS, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. most have started a few classes toward the Ph.D., but didn't quite get there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but that is, that is my educational background. That's awesome. And you went to school— Alcorn State University for my undergrad, and then my graduate work was here at Mississippi State mm-hmm. University. And that's a pretty good little ways from, from home, I would say, at that time, right? I mean, roughly about three, three and a half hours. Yeah. And never being away from home before going that far, it, it seemed like forever <laughs> to get there. Yeah. So. It's a little homesickness at first. Yeah, first, first few weeks, you know, as a matter of fact, a little bit of funny. Uh, I had a friend of mine that we majored in the same thing, went to school together. And when we went for freshman orientation, we didn't go. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a sister that lives in uh, Vidalia, Louisiana, which is just across the bridge from Natchez. So about we went down on Monday, and freshman orientation was Monday through Wednesday. And so by Wednesday, my sister finally asked me, she said, have y'all got your classes and all of that? <laughs> and we looked at each other, and we didn't have a clue, so we had to beat it back to all corner, <laughs> get registered. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> we didn't know any difference. Otherwise, yeah. you'd just been walking that's around right. campus. Just having a good time. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's, that's right. right. Living that college life. <laughs> so what what are some of the things that, at Alcorn or Mr. Larry that you grew or experiences you had growing up that kind of led you to a career in agriculture and, and in service, really? Well, Cubby, it's, it's funny you ask that question because when I first went to Alcorn, I did have an idea that I wanted to do something in agriculture. I just didn't know what that was at the time, so it took me a semester, maybe or a year, to kind of decide that I wanted to do something uh, in the ag education arena. But my first thought was possibly being a vocational agriculture teacher. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. actually the, the gentleman that directed me to Alcorn um, – was Bobby Boone, uh, uh, was our vocational ed- educator. And he kind of talked us into going to Alcorn. So, but I, I had a sister and a brother that both went there. But then uh, he helped me kind of decide which, which direction I wanted to go. But I had not heard of the extension program within the first year of being there. So that came a little later. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So you mentioned him. What were some other people that kind of influenced your educational direction, you think? Well, uh, my oldest sister, been in education forever, seems like, but over 40 years. Mm. She coached me a lot along the way, but um, my, my old dad always thought that I would be doing something in the ag field, just right. didn't know uh, what it was. And with him not having a, a college degree, he didn't know all the ins and outs and details of what you could major in and all. But he kind of kept me focused on ag because he said it seemed like I got a joy out of doing something in the ag field. So, right. But uh, Mr. Barbie Boone really enlightened us on the, the ins and outs of ag. So. That's cool. And then actually working on a farm. That's I mean, correct. You had that background. That's, so. that's really all we knew at the time. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's kind of cool looking uh, back and thinking about the experiences that you provide to so many 4-H'ers about teaching them about careers in different STEM and agricultural uh, areas in the career field. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things that kids don't know about until they actually come to u- the university. I didn't know what I wanted to do either. Well, but. I think a lot of people, you know, are like that. And I, I think I took that with me as I started my career especially in 4-H, because I, I got to work with a lot of children in Marshall County, which is where I got my start in, in extension. They would go to school every day, but they really never thought about what it was they wanted to do. And when we started talking about all of the opportunities that uh, agriculture had to offer and the extension service had to offer, you kind of channel young people in a, at an early stage in their education to, f- to figure it out early so you don't wait till you're you know, sophomore in college to decide <laughs> what you want to do. You <laughs> that's know? right. So. That kind of forces you to make a lifetime career decision that's, that's in correct. a rush. But, yeah, that that's, that's great. I was always envious of people that knew what they that's wanted great. to do right off the bat, you know. Yeah. But sometimes that's really, I guess, not the, the best. But <laughs> I, I would have liked to, to have known maybe a little bit sooner. So you mentioned that, I guess, your first introduction to – uh, 4-H was in Marshall County. Th- that is correct. Um, when was that? Actually, 1981. Okay. Um, was when I went to my first uh, job there in Marshall County. And, uh, and another little story uh, about that, I went on June 1st, which was a Monday. Mm-hmm. The day I was to start. So Ronnie Jones was a county ag agent there. 
he was supposed to take me over to meet the board, mm-hmm. and the board would approve the position, and we'd go forward. Well, the board didn't approve that <laughs> position. <laughs> so Ronnie didn't know what to do, and he said, well, Larry, I tell you what, you just go on back home, and I'll get this all straightened out, and we'll call you back. Well, I went home, but I was trying to get – I'm in the cars a little bit, and so my daddy worked with a big dealership in Illinois. Mm-hmm. So I called him and said, hey, I'm on my way. <laughs> and he said, no, you just go back home. They got something mixed up. But I almost missed my calling in the wow. extension arena because if he had said, come on, I probably wouldn't have got a second chance really? to – to go for that job, but uh, the job had already been approved. The board just they paid me twenty five dollars wow. a month. Oh <laughs> my gosh! That was that was a percentage that they paid wow. of my salary a month. But, oh, wow. but they couldn't they couldn't come to a, an agreement on whether they needed the position because they had not had a four H youth development uh, youth agent mm-hmm. for about seven or eight years before. Wow, I there. that big of a gap it was. Man, wow. that wow. is insane. So uh, how long was it before they he called you back? Well, Mr. Leonard Turner, I'll never forget him. He was a district agent uh, for that region, and he called me uh, actually Tuesday morning, and he mm-hmm. asked me where was I at, and he said, are you supposed to be in Holly Springs? He said, I don't care what the board said. You go to work. Right. But he then realized I had kind of went on a wild goose chase. He said, I tell you what, you, you just uh, go back Monday. Mm-hmm. And he said, "You start to work then, and if the board said they're not going to pay, I'll pay you the twenty-five dollars." Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of made a. a he was going to come from somewhere. Yeah, he was going to come from somewhere. <laughs> wow. what he's saying, yeah, that's but, pretty cool. Yeah. So from uh, the office in Marshall County, then kind of where, what path did you take to get here to the State 4-H office? Well, uh, it's kind of it's kind of funny how my how my um, career tracks landed. When I went to Marshall County, um, really didn't know anybody in that area. But then after I started doing some 4-H programming, the, the trend back then was you get into the extension program at an entry level through 4-H. Mm-hmm. Then everybody would say, oh, you want to become a home economist or become a, an ag agent. Well, I had an opportunity probably five years into my uh, 4-H youth agent position to take on a county ag position in Benton County, which was the next county over. Mm-hmm. But something about the 4-H youth development work just gave me a lot of joy in helping young people. And I, I decided back then that's where I wanted to make my career was in youth wow. development. And so I, I turned that position down and uh, stayed in Marshall County for another, well, for about 11 years. Mm-hmm. And a gentleman here at the State 4-H office by the name of Mr. Holly Ford mm-hmm. was retiring. And uh, they were going to fill the position. And he called me and just said, hey, would you be interested in applying for a position at the state office? And and I instantly told him no because my wife was from Holly Springs, big family. And I knew it was going to be real hard to move her from Holly Springs to Starkville, Mississippi. But uh, after after the interview, seminar, and all of that, I really just blew it off because I figured I didn't I wouldn't have a chance and I got that phone call. Wow. And so w- did you have children at that time when y'all made that move? I did. Actually, okay. uh I had I had the two children. My son was um 
right then he was in the third grade, okay. and Leanne was like two or three years old. So she really didn't have she a – No, not much in Holly Springs. How did Trey take it when he said, we're going, we're going to start? Well, Trey had some friends that lived right there in our little community. It was kind of a uh, – he was okay with it, but he realized mm-hmm. he wouldn't be seeing his closest friends right. every day. But my biggest chore – was getting my wife to say yes. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. I bet it it put a little strain on the, on the marriage there. Yeah. But, you know, her mother um, really talked to her and told her that, you know, being the baby girl of that family of nine, the only way for her to really grow was to get away from her brothers and sisters for a little while. Right. And mm-hmm. that kind of resonated with her. But it took about two years or so to really make her realize that it was a good move right. for her personally. Right, yeah. right, right. That's always tough leaving yeah, family, mm-hmm. for it sure. Hey, especially one that's a large one. That's right. Yeah. For sure. And uh, kind of uprooting and going to somewhere new mm-hmm. It's always so tough. True. For sure. Would yeah. you? I had to ask this because I forgot to earlier, but do you remember your very first day at uh, Marshall County? Like official, like I went to the office and actually – made some phone calls john i i really can say that i do because uh-huh. the secretary that was there miss nyla moore i won't ever forget her um when i came in that that day actually to work not the first day i i went and had to come back right but the first day i went into work she brought two messages um to me and said here, this is for you. <laughs> Deal with it. And it was just it was disgruntled te- parents. That, that's right. Yeah, but right. but now it was a teacher who had called. Somehow they they got the word, or the, it was put in the newspaper that a that a person was starting in the 4-H position oh. there in the county, and it was actually a lady who had um, been a volunteer mm-hmm. in Marshall County, and she wanted to start a club in. In the school there. Wow. So it, it was a good experience then, you know, for that first call and to actually talk to somebody, um, didn't know how to advise them because I didn't know much. Right. I didn't even had orientation. Right. But after about, uh, I guess it was about four to six months on the job, we had orientation one. Mm-hmm. Um, which was here? Which was here on yeah. campus, came back for a week, week long. Wow. Um, and they gave you a lot of the the one, two, threes, and ABCs of 4-H, which was really, really good training. Mm-hmm. And then you went back to your county and worked a few months, and they brought you back for an orientation, too. Oh. And it was about three and a half days. So what was the part two? I can imagine the, part one was really ground-level ground so, 4-H. So the, so the first part was really dealing with the – uh, paperwork that you had to do with the extension service, like okay. monthly reports right. and when they're due, what the pecking order was as far as a protocol. Mm-hmm. But then the two, and uh, orientation two, really got more into the subject matter of youth development for oh. 4-H. Okay. So, you know, about the clubs and different types of delivery modes and all of that. But uh, they really had a great way of introducing new people to you know, extension positions uh, right. back then. Uh, I, I think that's, you know, as a, as an old head now, I think that's one of the things that we could learn something from mm-hmm. because right now we're hiring people and we're just putting them in there to do a job mm-hmm. and we really haven't given them all the tools that they really need. So right. if, I could, if I could encourage our administration now to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to look at that, that would be one thing I would encourage that would be beneficial to a lot of people, right. especially in 4-H. Do you remember how big your class was? 
Um, yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, I can just about mention the ones that were in there, but we had about ten to eleven people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was it was not huge. And they gave us a lot of personal, um, you know, uh, instructions because uh, we were not that large. But mm-hmm. uh, out of the group that started with me. Probably three or four did not stay in extension. Oh, really? Yeah, they left huh. to go do something else. For I mean, like not they didn't stay long at all, or they no, just didn't. They didn't make it to orientation. Too <sighs> really? Yeah. Wow. Boy. Some of it. Well, as a matter of fact, Syria Brantley is one young lady that I remember. She went into the education okay. arena to start teaching school. <laughs> so some people discovered early on that 4-H wasn't wasn't them. really for them. <laughs> for them. Yeah. <laughs> it, it required a lot of time and. And effort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think today, you know, looking at how busy our agents are and looking at how many different clubs and stuff to balance, it would be pretty daunting for a, a young person to take on that responsibility. Mm-hmm. You'd have to almost share that uh, passion for youth development that Mr. Larry mentioned earlier. Right. To Absolutely. Do a good job at it. But, uh, and the, you know, of course, it's easier now. You mentioned uh, getting your master's degree, mm-hmm. you actually had to travel. To Starkville, didn't you? That is exactly Mississippi State, I'm sorry. That's right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you could take, I think they allowed uh, professional staff then six hours. Mm -hmm. Three could be doing the day, three-hour class, Mm -hmm. and then three after five. And so they had the um, Ag Information Science Department kind of set up where they made it really easy, but we were two and a half hours uh, that we had to drive, mostly on Monday nights. um, Wow. from, From six to nine. Mm. Uh, then that, turn around and go back. And that's right. Ooh. That's exactly <laughs> then right. get up and go to work. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. And I back in so. those days, you know, a lot of the people that were managing the offices, right? they expected. They didn't care whether you worked on the weekend or you had something else. They they wanted you to be there that, right. that morning. If you left later, they understood that. But, right, right. But a little different different values and all back then boy that's that makes you appreciate technology a little bit more Mm -hmm. for sure that's right yeah it would have probably been nice though to not had uh, been constantly dialed into your email constantly (laughs) checking emails and texts and all that stuff i don't know what we would do if we didn't have email just think i guess you'd sit there and open mail or twiddle your thumbs until some (laughs) the phone rang i guess i don't know you know john it's funny you mentioned opening mail Mm -hmm. because everything we got you know Back to my county days, you know, it came in hard copy stuff. Right. And you would literally, when you had something going on, like you had county contests or whatever, you'd have tons of mail coming in that you had to take time to just right. open and look at every piece. Make sure it was all there. That's, that's correct. Wow. Mm. Read it from top to bottom. And my it, it probably, change. Probably less things were missed back then. That's, that's true. Because there's probably <laughs> a system that you had to sign off on to open the letters and who opened them and all that stuff. You're right on target. Wow. Goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Technology has, as you all know, it, it has its ups and downs. It's very easy for someone to say, oh, I didn't get that email or I missed it. Right. But you know, usually when that hard copy comes in, you mm-hmm. know, either a secretary or somebody was going to open that piece of mail and, right. and let you know what was Making going on. Make you a little bit more conscientious it of does. what you're sending out, I guess. But true. Yeah, that's true. That's awesome. Yeah. That, well, Go ahead, Kobe. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just thinking about somebody told me one time about writing a letter that, you know, it's always a good practice to write the letter before you go to bed and leave it on your counter to decide whether or not you want to mail it out the next morning. So a lot of times I think people are fast behind their emails and just type something hastily and 
hit click send. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few. I've had a few instances like that. Text too. <laughs> yeah. You better watch your text and predictive text is even worse. Oh, I know. Better make sure you're That's right. checking that. But so um, I think that right now we're just going to stop right here and uh, we're going to make uh, this a, a two part series. I think, and mm-hmm. we've we've spent basically this first half talking about uh, Mr. Larry's. Uh, first part of his career we're going to talk about the second stage of his career in part two so y'all join us on 4h4u2 and if you want more information on the 4h uh, in your area go to extension.msstate.edu and click on the 4h uh, tab at the top of the page and with that i'm john long and i'm Kobe rutherford and we'll see you next time thanks for joining us for 4h4u2 For more information, please visit extension.msstate.edu and be sure to subscribe to our podcast. 4H4U2 is produced by the Mississippi State University Extension Service, Office of Agricultural Communications.